It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A depleted Jets team manages to get a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about it on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, December 27th, 2021, as we begin the final calendar week of the year. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, and thank you for making this show your first listen each day. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. We have a Jets win to break down today. The Jets beat the Jaguars 26-21 yesterday at the Meadowlands. Look, we're not going to remember this game 5, 10, 15 years from now as some sort of legacy victory for this franchise, but... A good effort from the Jets, a depleted Jets team, a team that was missing a number of key players because of injuries and COVID-19, and they went out and gave a great effort in this game. Now, I think you can overdo the praise for a team playing hard that's out of the race in December. I hear it frequently, all these guys could have quit. Yeah, they could have, and yeah, sometimes you do see, see teams quit in the NFL. It's not that frequent, though. These are professionals. It's their job to go out there and play hard. Additionally, a lot of these guys have not gotten much playing time this year, and this is their chance to put some quality film out there for other teams. You know, the film is your video resume, no matter when it comes to the season, so you expect players to play hard. That said, it was a tough week for the Jets, and they came into this game depleted. To be honest with you, I still can't believe this game was played on schedule. I can't believe they did not move it back. I mean, if you're talking about, and listen, I I can't complain too much because the Jets won, but if you're just talking objectively about the quality of the competition preserving the integrity of the game, this game probably should have been postponed, if not outright canceled, because the Jets were pretty depleted. And so was Jacksonville. Jacksonville was also missing a number of key players in this game. But hey, the Jets got a win. And I got to say, for a game that had a lot of preseason vibes to it, because you had so many backups in, I mean, this kind of felt like the second half of a preseason game. There were so many guys who were low on the depth chart, seeing lots of snaps. And considering these two teams are both out of the race and going to pick in the top five of the NFL draft, probably, it was a pretty entertaining game. I think going into this, all you could ask for is some entertainment. And I think both of these teams provided that for you. Now, this game began in kind of vintage style for this defense. The Jets allowed a field goal on the opening series. The Jets actually got a quick three and out, but they allowed the Jaguars to convert a fake punt on fourth and two from their own 33 The Jaguars eventually drove the ball 12 plays. Jets got a stop on the two-yard line and forced a field goal attempt, but the Jaguars went up 3-0 on a 21-yard field goal by Matthew Wright. The first offensive series for the Jets began in a tough spot because Trevon Wesco was called for a penalty on the kickoff return. The Jets began at their own nine-yard line. They got the ball to midfield, and on a third-and-five play, Zach Wilson was under pressure. I thought he was going to be sacked. And he took off down the right sideline, an incredible run, took it 52 yards for a touchdown, made a couple of guys miss. In fact, did something similar if you saw the ACC championship game to what Kenny Pickett of Pittsburgh did. 
Pickett in that game did like a fake slide that kind of threw defenders off. I think Wilson kind of faked that he was going to go out of bounds and then kept going down the field. You know, a couple of weeks ago, he was criticized because he slid a little bit early on a scramble. This time he did not, and he took it for a touchdown. It reminded me a little bit of a touchdown run Sam Darnold had last year in a similar situation, although Darnold's was down the middle of the field, Wilson's was down the sideline. The Jets went up 6-3 to three because, unfortunately, my new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro, who put his new favorite pl- my new favorite player status at risk, missed the extra point. It was blocked. The Jaguars then took the ball and went down the field in 12 plays and scored a touchdown. However, they had their own issues because the Jets were, were called for a penalty on the extra point, and the Jaguars decided to go for two, and they ended up missing the two-point conversion. So it was 9-6. to six. Both teams failed to convert extra points. Jacksonville's up 9-6. Braxton Berrios then runs the ensuing kickoff back 102 yards for a touchdown. Tremendous return by Berrios, who had a big day. Jaguars got the ball back. They put together an 11-play field goal drive to cut it to 13-12. Jets led 13-12. And that's how it went to halftime. The Jets had a long drive right before the half where they came away with no points. Now, the Jets converted a pair of fourth downs on this drive. Ron Middleton, who was running the Jets yesterday because Robert Sala was out with COVID-19, a couple times on fourth and short, went for it, which I love. I think if you look at the numbers, they all tell you teams should be much more aggressive than they are going for it on fourth and short. Unfortunately, the drive ended on fourth and goal from the two, another fourth and short. The third fourth and short the Jets went for on the drive as Zach Wilson was unable to find Denzel Mims in the end zone. I thought Mims should have caught it. So we went to halftime. The score was 13-12. to 12. The Jets got the ball out of the break, and they took it down the field. They hit a field goal, a nine-play field goal drive. Eddie Pinheiro regaining his status as my new favorite player, connects from 42 yards out. The Jets were up 16-12. to 12. On the ensuing drive, maybe the play of the game for the Jets, Trevor Lawrence was sacked by C.J. Mosley. It was a strip sack. The Jets recovered it. They returned it to the Jacksonville 13-yard line. So the Jets were in business, first and 10 from the 13. However, they were not able to do anything. And then... Ron Middleton calls a fake field goal on 4th and 5 from the Jacksonville 8. It was kind of an option play. I thought Brandon Mann should have pitched it to my new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro, but he did not. He only got 4 yards. He was stopped short of the sticks, so it was still 16-12. to 12. But again, I love the aggressiveness. I can't complain about the aggressiveness. I, I like the fact the Jets were going for it. The Jets were taking chances in this game, even though they kind of came away empty a couple of times. The Jaguars then cut the lead to 1 as they were able to put together another 10-play field goal drive. This Jets defense, I mean, even against Jacksonville, is allowing 10-play scoring drives left and right. The Jets at least did finally get a stop and forced the field goal as the Jaguars drove, drove to their 21. And then the Jets put together a drive that kind of put them in control of the game. It was an 11-play scoring drive, and it was capped on a tackle-eligible play. Zach Wilson hits Connor McDermott for a one-yard scoring pass. I mean, Connor McDermott, if you had Connor McDermott as the guy who would catch a touchdown pass yesterday, uh, you had a lot of foresight. I mean, even with the Jets receiving core depleted, I find it tough to believe Connor McDermott's the guy who catches the touchdown pass from Wilson. So the Jets were up uh, 23-15 to at this point. The Jaguars then put together an eight-play touchdown drive to cut it to 23-21. However, the Jets got a stop on the two-point conversion Jets then put together, and this is a sequence of the game. The Jets got the ball back. It's 23-21 with around five minutes left in the game. And this is a situation the Jets have really struggled in a lot in recent years. 
They have had a difficult time running out the clock with the lead late in the fourth quarter. They, however, did get a field goal, and the key play was a huge Michael Carter run. He broke a 38-yard gain. He had a big game. Also, Braxton Berrios had a couple of catches to move the chains on this drive, and these, those were the two heroes of the game. We'll talk about this later. And my new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro, connected from 20 yards out. It was 26-21. The Jaguars then put together a drive, and Trevor Lawrence hit a couple of big-time passes on this drive, and they got the ball to the Jets' one-yard line, and they had an inexplicable sequence at the end of this game. They were at first a goal on the five. There was an incompletion. On second and goal, Lawrence hit it through a pass that went through C.J. Mosley's hands, and it was completed to the one-yard line. Then, for some reason, they spiked it on third and goal, so they pretty much took a play off the board. They had plenty of time to run it. I have no idea why they spiked it. So they were third and goal from the one. They essentially cut their odds in half. Then on fourth and goal for the one, they couldn't even get themselves set. They had an illegal shift penalty, which didn't really matter because the pass was incomplete. But, you know, the whole point of spiking the ball, isn't it so that you can get your team set, so that you have things under control? Well, apparently not. So a disastrous sequence to end the game for Jacksonville, but the Jets got a victory. And it was a, it was a nice victory. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I like this game. It's not a game we'll remember 5, 10, 15 years from now, as I said, but it's a fun game. And at this point of the year with the Jets in such bad shape at entering this game at 3-11 and facing a Jacksonville team that really isn't any better, two of the worst teams in the NFL, all you can really ask for is a fun game. And these two teams provided that. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about some of the standout performances from this one. And Built Bar is always a standout protein bar, but it doesn't taste like a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. It's delicious and filled with so much holiday goodness and rich with decadent flavor. It's covered in chocolate as well, and there are so many great flavors from raspberry to mint brownie to cherry to double chocolate, cookies and cream, and peanut butter brownie. Built Bar will give you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle everybody making returns this week. But because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at holiday parties. People are so passionate that they'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holiday, you'll need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through, with different flavors all covered in chocolate. And they taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. And today we are recapping a Jets victory. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-21 yesterday at the Meadowlands, improving their record to 4-11 on the 2021 season. And there are four people I would like to give a shout-out to after this victory. The first is Ron Middleton, the Jets' tight ends coach who ran the team in place of Robert Sala after Sala was diagnosed with COVID-19 last week. 
tough spot for Ron Middleton because, first of all, he has to take over in the middle of the week. He's not a guy who's used to running an NFL team, but he did not have any advanced preparation. He, it's it's one thing to like have a full offseason like Salah had to take over a team, a full training camp. It's another thing to just have to take over a team. And beyond that, it's enough, you know, if Middleton had known Monday, he would have had the full week of preparation to get ready for this game. He found out at the end of the week that he was going to have to run this team. And beyond that, it's a bad team. It's a shorthanded team. And he got a win. And beyond that, I loved how aggressive he was. You know, listen, I, it's not like I've done like advanced number crunching on this, but every single study I've ever seen says that teams should be aggressive going for it on fourth and two. And I understand the Jets went away with a couple of drives where they did not score because they were aggressive on fourth and two, and Jay Feely was criticizing them for it. You know something? Over the long run, you'll score more points by going for it on fourth and shorts than you will playing it safe by punting, kicking field goals. In fact, the only real issue I had with Middleton's performance yesterday came at the end of the fourth quarter. On that drive, I talked about that field goal drive that put the Jets up 26-21 to 21 because they had a fourth and goal at the one-yard line at that point, and a touchdown ends the game. They're up 23-21 to 21 at that point. I'm saying go for the touchdown because it, you, know, you, you score a touchdown there and kick the extra point with my new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro. You're up nine. The game's over. It's a two-score game with under two minutes left. But beyond that, you know, if you look at the situation, okay, if you get stopped there, then Jacksonville needs a field goal to win. If you kick the field goal, then Jacksonville needs a touchdown to win. But if you get stopped there on fourth and goal from the one, and you like add up the yards Jacksonville's going to need to get from the one-yard line into field goal range, it's probably not that different from the yardage they ended up needing after the kickoff to get a touchdown. So essentially, I think they kind of passed up a free chance to win the game. But ultimately, that's a small criticism. Ron Middleton had this team ready to play in this game. He was aggressive. I don't want to say you should be aggressive in a game that means nothing, because I think you should still be aggressive in big games. You you look at some of the great coaches in in football history, Nick Saban, Bill Parcells, Sean Payton. These are guys who are always aggressive. They're willing to roll the dice in big games. But for a game that meant nothing, obviously, there's nothing to lose. So... I appreciated Middleton's aggressiveness in this game. and I can't say enough about the job Ron Middleton did in this game. Second person I'm going to give a shout-out to is Michael Carter. Carter had a big game. I mentioned on that field goal drive that put the Jets up five. He broke a big run. 16 carries, 118 yards. This was a game where the Jets really leaned on the run game. They had a depleted receiving core entering this game. 36 rushing attempts versus 22 passing attempts. They did not have a lot of big playability in the passing game. They had to have these guys run the football. They had to run it effectively. Carter ran it very effectively. I think this is a sign of things to come from Carter. I loved it when the Jets got him in the fourth round of the NFL draft. He's going to be a player for this team over the next couple of years. And this was a tremendous performance. He delivered when the Jets really needed him, when the Jets were really shorthanded in the passing game. They had to lean into the run game, and he stepped up. Also stepping up, Braxton Berrios, who played a tremendous game. He had that long touchdown return. Nice move on on that return as well. He led the Jets five catches, 37 yards. I mean, not spectacular stuff, but a couple of timely receptions that helped move the chains. Again, it was a limited passing game yesterday, but Berrios was the one guy who kind of stepped up. He's not the greatest player in the world, but he has a few skills. I mean, he's got some speed. He can find the soft spot in the zone. You got to give him credit. I mean, he's, he's become a fan favorite, and I can't say I entirely understand why he's become such a fan favorite, but he's really kind of settled into 
a role as a quality depth player, you know, good, a solid backup slot receiver, a good return guy near the top of the league in both kick and punt return average. And, you know, what would you want your backup slot receiver to do? Well, I think you'd want something like a line along the lines of five catches, 37 yards, and moving the chains in some key spots. So a really, really solid game, I think, for Berrios yesterday. And the fourth guy I'm going to mention is on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, the Jets' defense held the Jaguars to 21 points, which for the Jets' defense, I guess, is kind of like a shutout, although there were long scoring drive after long scoring drive in this game. But a guy who really kind of stood out to me was Jason Pinnock, the rookie out of Pittsburgh, who was kind of pressed into starting at safety because the Jets were so thin at safety that they didn't have anybody else they could play. So they put this kid in there who's really a corner. He, he was developed as a corner, kind of playing out of position, and really kind of thrown in there at the last minute. And he looked like he belonged. He was part of a couple of big plays. I don't want to read too much into one game, especially one game against Jacksonville. In fact, I would urge caution against anybody reading too much into any of these performances from this game because this was such a weird contest. Again, it really had a preseason-type vibe to it with all the key players that were out, the lack of meaning in this game beyond draft positioning. But I think at the very least, Pinnock has earned maybe a start at safety the last two weeks of the season because he looked good out there at safety. I mean, he, he was, and he's like not a, a guy who doesn't seem af- afraid to hit, which is important at the safety position. I mean, I think at this point, after what you saw in this game, you give him a start there against Tampa Bay, against Buffalo, teams that will obviously be more difficult competition. And if he continues to look good, you might look at using this next offseason to kind of convert him to a safety role because in a pinch where he did not have much time to prepare, I thought he looked very good. Uh, he far exceeded my expectations. Again, as I'm watching this game, and this shows you how bad my read was on this game, at the beginning, I was like, oh, goodness, Pinnock and safety. Well, he went out there and played a heck of a football game. So to, for me, th- those are the four standouts of the games. And, you know, two of these guys were kind of pressed into action at the last minute in Middleton and Pinnock. You have Carter, who's going to be a staple of the offense going forward. And then you have Barrios, who really stepped up and playing pretty well, to be honest with you. The guy who, I mean, I don't think he's the greatest receiver in the world, but a guy who seems like he's really kind of carved out his role on this football team. We're going to close out our show by talking about the quarterback position, however. Zach Wilson had an interesting day, and we'll discuss that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Now, these final two weeks of the season where I hope to see Pinnock at safety are going to be much bigger challenges for the Jets. They might be hard-pressed to win games. I'm not sure I would put money down on them, but no matter who you bet on, you should know that Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive our bonus. Again, that's promo code Locked On. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, breaking down a 26-21 Jets victory yesterday over the Jacksonville Jaguars at MetLife Stadium. Let's talk about the quarterback performance. How did Zach Wilson play? The stat line's interesting. 14 of 22 for 102 yards and one touchdown. So an 89.6 quarterback rating, which is not bad. 14 for 22, which is okay, but only 102 yards, a 4.6 yards per attempt average, which is not spectacular. However, Wilson also added 91 rushing yards on four carries. So really, uh, this is a tough one to break down. But I go back to what I said in the game preview Fridays. This was a tough spot for Zach Wilson because this receiving core was so depleted. Braxton Berrios was probably the best Jets receiver yesterday. And no disrespect to Braxton Berrios, who, again, played a tremendous game. I don't think the Jets win this game without Braxton Berrios. If Braxton Berrios is like your fourth or fifth best receiver, you're in pretty good shape. He's your go-to guy. You're going to have some issues. There's just not a lot of playmaking ability at the receiver position for the Jets in this game because I think Keelan Cole's been a disappointment for this team. Denzel Mims has been just a complete flop this season. He he looks like a bust. I I hate to say it. I hate to bring out that word, but I think we're at the point where we can start talking about Denzel Mims being a bust. So what do you have there? You have Berrios bringing a little bit of playmaking ability, but not a lot else. Tyler Croft doesn't really have much playmaking ability. So the Jets really lean into the run game. So in a game like this, where my expectations aren't really that high for Zach, I'm just kind of hoping he's going to be decisive. I'm hoping he's going to put the ball where it needs to go for the most part, make sound decisions. I think more or less he did that. He threw a couple passes that were fairly dangerous. But I'll tell you the thing I liked. It's not so much the the gains on the ground, although you know 91 rushing yards was excellent. I'm not sure that's sustainable, but I did like how decisive he was when he decided to run. If he saw an open lane, he just took off. And that's the kind of thing that maybe can help sustain him and it can maybe help cut down on some of the negative plays we've seen because I think there have been points this season where maybe Zach has held onto the ball a little bit too long where he's been too focused on trying to push the ball down the field to make the big play instead of just taking what's in front of him. And yes, that can manifest itself in the passing game where you know, maybe you should throw a check down instead of holding the ball, trying to throw the ball deep, maybe taking a sack, maybe throwing it away. But also, if there's grass in front of you, there's green in front of you, just take off and run with it. Get, take that positive yardage. Maybe it'll help your confidence a little bit, a nice positive play under your belt. So that was something good. I don't know how much Zach builds on this performance. I mean, this was just a weird game overall. This is a weird game because the Jaguars were down so many guys. The Jets were down even more. His receiving core was so depleted. The Jets get, did get George Fant back in this game, which was not... We did not know what fan status would be, so that was good to get fans back in there. But it was a weird game. I don't know how much this tells us about Zach Wilson's future. I don't know how much it tells you going forward. It's very rare that I would say a game could be a positive when your quarterback only throws for 102 yards. But I thought it was in context, given what Wilson had to work with, given the flow of the game. And, you know, we got to the, we were pretty deep into the second quarter when Wilson got the ball for the second time because, first of all, Jacksonville was put together, putting together long drives. Then you had the Berrios kickoff return. So Wilson did not get many chances in the first half. 
So that may have cut down on his yardage as well. I think it was okay. I mean, I think it was a positive. I think there was probably more positive than negative yesterday for Wilson. I don't think he can replicate playing like that. I don't think that he's going to break 90 yards rushing that frequently. But there were some positive things to take from that. The question is whether he can build on it. And we'll find out about that in the days and weeks ahead, and I'm sure we'll discuss it plenty. But that's all for today's show. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a great Monday, everybody, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.